A wise Riverfront Stadium scoreboard once said, walks will haunt. And man, was that true for the Reds last night. More roster churning has happened and more is on the way. But don't you worry, because we are going to make it all make sense. Well, we're going to try anyway. And I'm going to tell you who I think the 2022 MVP is for the Cincinnati Reds and see if Jeff can talk me out of it. We've got all that and more right now on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have taken an addiction and turned it into information for you as we're winding down our first season as co-hosts, but we've been doing this for over four years, separately talking about the Reds, bringing you daily Reds content here on the Locked On Reds podcast that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for uh, making us your first listen because we are your team every day. On today's podcast, we are going to take a look at Steve's pick, and he's calling the 2022 MVP race for the Cincinnati Reds. We'll see. We'll see. We're also going to look at some roster stuff because there's a couple of guys out on rehab assignments. That means that some players are going elsewhere. We will talk about what that looks like for the Reds coming up here soon. And also we've reached the point of the season where wins and losses don't necessarily have the kind of weight that they did earlier on, especially because the Reds are way, way out of it. But we have got to look at last night's game, Steve, because there's simply one stat that sticks out to me, and it's something that got me thinking. What stat defines the red season other than wins and losses? And I'm going to give you a minute to think about this one because I thought about this. I mean, that game took forever, so I'll tell you, I thought about it for a long time. Walks. The Reds had 11 walks last night, and we can expand it to hit batsmen and say, okay, unintentional free passes to opposing batters. The Reds had 11 walks last night. They had a couple of hit or one hit batsman as well. And you're looking at a team that when you take and put that together, you have 502 walks by the Reds this year. That is eight behind the Kansas city Royals for the most in baseball. And you add on to the fact that they have hit 89 batters. So that's 591 unintentional free passes. That is the kind of nightmarish number that begins to explain. And really for me has a huge part in explaining the struggles of the Cincinnati Reds. You know, like I said, in the cold open there, Jeff walks will haunt. And to expand on the theme, you're absolutely right. You include those 89 hits batsmen, you know, unintentional free passes. It's not quite as catchy, but unintentional yeah. free passes, <laughs> they will haunt as well. And listen, you'd all, you have to look no further than that list of teams that you just read all lumped together. Royals, Reds, Rangers, Nationals, Pirates, Rockies, Cubs, Angels. 
the company you keep, right? It tells you what kind of season you're having. And we are we are definitely like hanging out with the the group in the league that we don't want to be spending time with. Right. And it's why any team comes here. I mean, whenever I had the pre-series crossover with Paul Holden before the Rockies series, he kind of had the demeanor of, well, yeah, this is the Rockies series to win or lose because everybody else in the league looks at the Reds like they're jokes this year. And it's hard to argue with them when you're sitting, when you're sitting here and just saying, yep, go on to first. 591 times in some way, shape or form, whether it's four pitches or whether it's just plunking a dude on the shoulder in the hip and the leg and the head, whatever uh, it, it's. And it's not even like divisive hit by pitch. It's just losing control. And we saw that last night, Justin Dunn, it kind of felt like his command was off a little bit. There were moments where uh, you had Austin Romine setting up in a spot in the strike zone. And then whenever Justin Dunn threw the pitch, it was like, Oh, you know, got to catch it over here. That's not where I was calling for it, but all right, he threw it. I'll catch it. Make sure I don't let this thing go to the backstop and let the guy on second come all the way home. But when you look at the reds as a whole walks are just absolutely killing this team. You know, if I were to give you a stat back of what I think and, and your, your initial question here, other than wins and losses, what stat defines the 2022 Cincinnati Reds. I think for me, it's the number 62. 62 is the number of players that have appeared on the Reds active roster in 2022. Of those 62 players, Jeffrey, 32 of them have been pitchers. What that means is there has been a whole lot of guys in the major leagues that had no business setting foot on a major league baseball field, let alone throwing pitches in a game. And yet here we are. You want to talk about the walks being up and the unintentional free passes of a guy's getting plunked? There's your reason why. I mean, they're just this close to having me and you come up to first spot start. They've got nobody else. It is ridiculous, and I think it tells me everything I need to know. And it's not just the pitchers. It's the hitters, too. They have had guys on this team playing meaningful baseball games earlier in the season that had no business being anywhere near a major league clubhouse. Taylor Motter, I'm looking at you. <laughs> The hero of the Toronto series, Taylor Motter, playing third base. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's hard to argue, especially when you look at the fact, let, let's put this into a very simple-minded perspective, something I can understand, right? Uh, 62 players have played. You can only carry 40, man, 40 men on the roster at one time. An active roster, 26, which means there have been so many call-ups, send-downs, DFAs, uh, adding them to the roster. We, we have selected the contract of so-and-so, and we're bringing them up to the major leagues and things like that. There's been so many of those things happen this year that... Honestly, when we're about to talk here in a few minutes and look at some more roster upheaval and some more roster movement, it, Nick Cross probably really looking forward to like the little dead period of the off season where he can just kick back and go, whoa, I don't need to fill a team for a day. Like this is kind of nice because my gosh, he's been a busy dude. You know, you and I have joked about this before and I'm convinced maybe it's not even joke. Now it's just a sad truth that David Bell probably wanders into the clubhouse every day like, 
do I recognize anybody? Do I know anyone that's here? I mean, he probably goes up to the broadcast booth just to see some familiar faces because yeah. he might actually know those guys. You know, it's 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 a difficult situation. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how you can continue to cobble together a roster the way that the Reds have cobbled together. 62 players worth. Your point about the 40 man roster is great. That's 22 players that have had to be added and removed from the 40-man <laughs> roster in the one baseball season. It's ridiculous. That's so much just roster movement. That makes anybody playing MLB The Show or, heck, fantasy baseball managers be like, whoa, that dude's been busy. That's a lot of movement, man. Like, uh, th that's the kind of thing that just uh, – it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling to see the roster turnover that the Reds have had. And, and honestly, I think I'm with you. I think it's 1A, 1B for me. Like The walks are, are a product of the roster upheaval and the different pitchers that the Reds have had to put into spots. <clears throat> Chase Anderson um, or <clears throat> Mike Miner or, well, okay, I'm going to hurt my throat if I do that whole clear my throat thing and naming all the different guys. But, yeah, you get it. There's been a lot of those guys. And when you look at this team, after where they were in 2021, that <sighs> absolutely. <laughs> oh my! Drink your pain away, Jeff. Drink oh your pain away. But listen, you know, if you show us a team that has issues like the Reds have, where they're giving away so many free passes, and I guarantee you, that is going to be a bad team. And as you alluded to, Jeff, the roster is still in flux. And there are a couple guys on rehab assignments that will test Nick Crawl's decision-making abilities once again. <laughs> we'll tell you what should happen and what probably will happen. And, and we'll tell you why you should grab a Built Bar right now because you're going to need energy to keep up. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys in the snack world. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Are you ready for it? It is delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Uh, they have a light and chewy texture. They're real cookie dough chunks. And of course, as I said, covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Uh, what a treat. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in each and every one. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. Oh, so good and it keeps you on your healthy eating habits. You can go to built.com right now and use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com. Again, use the promo code locked on 15 to save 15% off of your next order of cookie dough chunk puffs, uh, cherry barcia, or whatever other built bar is your favorite. Get that order in today. All right, coming up tomorrow, we are going to break down yet another riveting start from the one and only Mike Miner. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether it will probably be ugly. All right, Jeff, we teased it up top there. There is a continued 
roster churn with the Cincinnati Reds. Nick Craw has been the, probably the busiest general manager in all of baseball this year between the roster moves and the trades and trying to keep up with everything that's going on. And that's not going to slow down anytime soon. I think that pace is going to continue right into the offseason because there is more a change a coming. Uh, that's definitely something that's not going to go away until pretty much October 7th, whenever the Reds don't have another game. Um, pff, Albert Almora. They're not going to be in the playoffs? I don't think so. Damn. Actually, I think they were mathematically eliminated. We can't even <laughs> do the whole. We, we can't even do. Yeah, we can't even do the whole. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's no, not I don't, a chance. No, there's not there's not a chance. Um, so let's run through this real quick because there was a move made yesterday before the Reds began their series in Chicago. Albert Almora returned. He is back on the roster. In fact, he started. We'll tell you why in just a moment. And with his return, Colin Moran was DFA'd again. Oh, shocker. shocker. Yeah, shocker. So Albert Almora is back. He started yesterday. He wasn't supposed to start because Nick Senzel was in the starting lineup. However, he was scratched about an hour before the game started. Now, that in and of itself is a little bit disconcerting. And then you also have the news that Bobby Nightingale tweeted a little bit after last night's game that Nixon Zell sprained his ankle sliding into third base. Those two things separately in a vacuum? Sure, okay, that makes sense. They're injured. But the fact that he traveled to Chicago on the plane, was in the starting lineup, and then they're like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. He sprained his ankle on Sunday. Maybe we shouldn't play him. Like, huh? <laughs> and they're examining him tomorrow. So if you put that together, they played last night shorthanded and they're playing. Yep, they're playing Wednesday shorthanded as well. I suggest that everybody go out and find them someone that loves them the way that the Reds love playing shorthanded. It is is one of the most ridiculous things I have seen in baseball in a long, long time. I mean, I get that every once in a while, you're going to have a guy that gets nicked up and you're going to want to try and wait it out and see if they'll only miss two or three games versus the 10. But you don't do that every time someone gets hurt and you don't do it when you have multiple position players injured. You can't do it. I don't care if the rosters are expanded or not. You simply cannot operate a baseball team this way. And I think that it's probably Nick Crawl's biggest failure this season. Yeah, and, and we gave him lots of props for the way that he handled the trade deadline. But look, there's so much more to managing a roster when it comes to a Major League Baseball team. And that has been a huge area of concern for you, for me, for lots of us that follow this team on a daily basis as to why on earth they like to play shorthanded so much. And they're going to do it again. That's not a stat that we can readily find. I don't think we can find that on Baseball Reference or Fangraphs. But I'd be interested to know how many games the Reds played shorthanded this year. I think it probably leads the league. Uh, but I bet yeah. it's more than half the games. I bet it's more than half the games they've played this year that somebody was unavailable. I mean, it, it, I, I again, I got no data to support that at my fingertips, but someone out there smart like, enough yeah. to figure this out. And it feels like that that is exactly what has happened. But listen, no, Jeff, as, as nicked up as they are and as injured as they've been, there is a little help on the way, I think. And that comes in the form of two pitchers and a position player. We've learned that uh, Duarte and Hunter Green, both doing rehab starts down in the minor leagues, and Matt Reynolds is down there as well. So what do you do with those guys? 
<laughs> well, and, and one of those names too, some people are going, huh? That's Daniel Duarte. He last pitched back in April. Yeah, there's some guys that have been on these 62, you know, been one of the 62 players on this team that you're going to be like, huh? Like, remember Lucas Sims used to pitch for this team? He only pitched a handful of games this year. Remember that Justin Wilson used to pitch for this team? He only pitched in five games this year. Remember Daniel Duarte? Yeah, he was one of those, like, rookie dudes coming out of spring training that earned himself a spot that I was excited about because he wasn't some kind of retread relief pitcher that we were just hoping was going to pan out. It was a young guy who we were going to learn some things about and see how he can grow and develop with the team. Well, he has been out since April. We haven't seen him since then. And then Bobby Nightingale dropped an update yesterday. Oh, by the way, on Thursday, he's starting a rehab assignment, could be back before the end of the year. Now, he's a relief pitcher, so he could probably get a handful of appearances in the last week or so, because at that point, this bullpen's just going to be dog-tired, and they're not going to know who to turn to anyway, and so they're going to say, hey, he's healthy, let's go! And we'll probably see Daniel Duarte at that point. Matt you know, Reynolds, I don't think, yeah, I don't, on Duarte, Jeff, I don't think that it bothers me very much that they're trying to get him back for a few appearances this season. Again, like you say, he's been out till April. And before you move into Matt Reynolds, uh, let's stay with the pitching and let's go with Hunter mm -hmm. green because you were reciting some numbers to me and I was confused before. And I am just way more confused after hearing your numbers. Tell us about Hunter green's last rehab start. So let's, let's go, let's do reverse pyramid here. Okay. Let's do big. Okay. He struck out two thirds of the guys he faced. That's good. Right? Really good. He faced nine hitters. What? Eh, not, not getting so great. He pitched two innings. Now he didn't leave this game injured to, no. to the best of our knowledge. He's no, he not was complaining. Healthy. Everything was successful. So why in the world, when your team is at the major league level, just getting its brains beat in, do you keep Hunter green two to innings. make a two inning start in Louisville when he's out there? And listen, I said this yesterday, you know, if he's throwing like only a change up, if he's working on a pitch, if he's doing something different, that's one thing. That's not what's happening. He's pitching. So why he's is he not pitching arsenal. in Cincinnati? Exactly. Yeah. He's using his typical arsenal pitching against AAA hitters for two innings for nine hitters. Like watching that game yesterday and the, and the reds walking as many cubs as possible and, and thinking of some games coming up here in the future where it's, you know, bullpen pitch bullpen days with Luis Sessa starting or something like that. And you're just like, and, and, and we had to give Hunter green two innings. Yeah. It, it's very confusing for me. And what's even more confusing for me is how the reds are going to deal with this. Now. I think it's pretty elementary at this point, the reds picked up chase Anderson literally to be a stopgap until Hunter green was ready. Hunter Green's going to be ready here soon. Probably should be, let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So she'll be ready for Sunday. Mm -hmm. So you should see Chase Anderson off the roster, Hunter Green on the roster. The other two, though, there's a should happen, and there's what's probably going to happen. And what should happen, Steve, I think you and I both agree on. Well... You know, let's let's back up to something you mentioned in the last segment, and that is that Colin Moran is gone. You and I both wondered if they would actually do that or if it would be someone like Aleo Lopez getting sent out. So now you've got Matt Reynolds, who's going to be activated from this rehab start in the minor leagues, and they're going to have to make room for him. I don't see at this point how it's not Aleo Lopez that gets 
sent down. It should be what it, in my opinion, it should be Aristides Aquino. He mm-hmm. should be done. He should be gone. That should be the end of this experiment. He's not going to get any better. You know it. I know it. I think the Reds even know it. They just feel like in a lost season, what the heck. But I don't think they're going to do that until the end of the year. Uh, I think it'll be Aleo Lopez who still has an option. They can send him down and then kind of reset and, and see what the offseason holds. But, you know, I would – I really, at this point, unless they have an intention of, of trying to keep Matt Reynolds around and extend him for a year, uh, I would much rather see Aleo Lopez get all that playing time than see Matt Reynolds come up and take playing time. I agree. And you're talking about a dude, and, and I don't necessarily know to what degree Alejo Lopez is a part of the future plans, but he could be. Matt Reynolds, I really think there's like a 99% chance he's not part of the future plans. I don't think that that percentage is as great for Alejo Lopez, so I feel like Alejo Lopez is the guy that should get playing time over Matt Reynolds. That's probably not what's going to happen. And then when you look at Daniel Duarte coming back, there's definitely a move that should happen. There's probably a move that's going to happen because it's happened a million times already this season. And I'm going to get into that here in just a minute. Plus, I am going to ask Steve, because Steve Steve mentioned this. He mentioned this earlier because we're going to go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are going to go there. We are ready to call the MVP race for MVP. the 2022 Cincinnati Reds, or at least Steve is. He's going to explain that next. But first, make sure that you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr, and I just clicked that off. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see it. It's at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, make sure you're following us on YouTube, and make sure you click the bell to get notified. That way, whenever we have something new for you, whenever we go live, things like that, you will get a notification letting you know that, hey, you got some more Reds content to check it out because we are bringing you Reds content every single day here on Locked On Reds. Speaking of Reds content, Steve, you mentioned that you're ready to name the 2022 Reds MVP. Who's your pick? This exercise was not as easy as you might think. Again, I I remind you from our first segment, 62 players to consider who have appeared on the Reds active roster in 2022. As many candidates as an American Idol episode. Go on. (laughs) Pretty much. I looked for consistency. I looked for performance. I looked at reliability. I looked at uh, the clubhouse factor, the captain factor, one could even say. And I'm ready to tell you and proclaim that the MVP of the 2022 Cincinnati Reds is farm dog Kyle Farmer. Uh, There's really no other choice, Jeff. That is going to be your 2022 Cincinnati Reds MVP, Kyle Farmer. In the last 30 days, he has a slash line of 281, 323, 388. That's good for an OPS plus this season of 88, not 188, 88, 12% below league average. That's our MVP, folks, and that should tell you everything you need to know about the 2022 Cincinnati Reds because he's the guy. Now, Jeff, I challenge you. To tell me I'm wrong, pick somebody else. Go. Uh, well, you got you got Joey Votto. He, yep. he kind of had a disappointing year. Um, jo- Jonathan India is good at baseball. 
Hadn't been good this year. Um, Tyler Stevenson's hurt. Um, gosh. Can it be a pitcher? Unless we can give it to Luis Castillo. I mean, can we fly it out to Seattle? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, is it uh, Alexis Diaz? No, can't give it to a relief nope. pitcher. Rough, um, rough start to the year. Rough start to the year. Walked a lot of guys. Go figure. Um, man. I, I really want to argue. I really want to fight this because me and you have talked ad nauseum about this. We feel like people are over the moon about Kyle Farmer and probably need to scale back their expectations a little bit. But congratulations, universe. You win. I really didn't want I to be right about this. I don't know that I can fight that. I can't fight that. There's There's been nobody that's been healthier. There's been nobody that's been available. What do we always say? What do people always say when they're talking about athletes in any sport, let alone baseball? Availability is the best ability. And we used to say that with Jesse Winker all the time. You remember that Jesse Winker had like a 150 OPS plus, but he played in 80 games. Like, how can you give an MVP to a guy that hasn't even played 100 games? Can't give it to Tyler Stevenson. He's been amazing when he was healthy. He was not healthy very much. And and oh. part of that was fluky. But yes, Kyle Farmer. Consistency. Consistency is one of the things I looked at, Jeff. Yeah. And, you know, you you made a great point. And, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the question back at you because I know you know. I know you looked it up today. Um, who has the second and third most games played for the Cincinnati Reds in 2022? This is going to blow everybody's minds. Second on the list of Reds in games played in 2022, the man with a sprained ankle right now, Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel. Let that let that just marinate for a second. And now brace yourself because, Jeff, who is number three on the list for games played for the Cincinnati Reds in 2022? He's a big bopper. He's got some power, got some pop, can play multiple positions, and he's currently in San Diego. His name is Brandon Drury. Unreal. And fourth is Tommy Pham, and he's tied with Joey Votto, and neither one of those guys are playing any more games for the Reds the rest of this year. Like, that, the number of uh, games played, and who knows the severity of the sprained ankle for Nixon Zell, if it is that bad, that means that not only will Kyle Farmer be the most consistent on-field guy, he's going to be the only guy who finishes with over 100 games played for the Reds. It's ridiculous. What, whatever happens this offseason, Jeff, I hope that an overhaul of the strength and conditioning and training and medical programs <laughs> is on the list of things to get done uh, yeah. heading into 2022. 62 players. 31 of them have been on the IL for some amount of time this year. 31. Like, I, I, I know it's kind of hard to quantify strength and conditioning, but that seems pretty close. <laughs> I, you know, fluky, fluky injuries always happen, but I yeah. just, uh, it just really feels like the Reds have had just way more than their fair share. But as a result, Jeff, I'm ready to tell you, I'm ready to, to shout it from the podcasting rooftops. Kyle Farmer, your 2022 MVP. Barry Larkin is helping to draft the contract extension right now. Probably. Man. I, I can't. And tell that's you. gonna do it. Yeah. 
That's it. We're going to wrap up right there. Barry Larkin's drafting a contract. Kyle Farmer's your MVP. Oh, my goodness. But that's going to do it for us today on Locked on Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we will break down, once again, a riveting start from Mike Miner against the Chicago Cubs. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Will it be ugly? Well, I know what I would bet on over at betonline.net. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza that will get you ready for the NFL season. Who day? Go Bengals. They're winning the North. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network will have you covered for uh, all of the information you need for the NFL season and the betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Audacity app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jeff, Mike Miner's going to throw a no-hitter. Wait, that's probably not right. Hunter Green is starting. Nope, he's still in Louisville. Tell the people what we're going to be doing, Jeff. Well, they can uh, expect me to be figuring out how to draft an apology letter for doubting Kyle Farmer as much as I have over the last year. Uh, They can expect that in some way, shape, or form, we're going to hopefully not see as many walks as we saw last night. And they can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day.